0: uh ladies and gentlemen boys and girls and friends beyond the binary it's time for the podcaster um i don't you know i don't have anything really witty to say or you know naturally hilarious uh but in all honesty i'm glad you're here and i hope i can keep you company or help you fall asleep but you're important to me that's what i really mean to say and clearly, the show is important to you because you've supported. Uh, and uh, that's great. Thank you, patrons, so much. Uh, hey, are you up all night tossing, turning, mind racing, trouble getting to sleep, trouble staying asleep? Well, welcome. This is Sleep With Me, the podcast that puts you to sleep. We do it with a bedtime story. All you need to do is get in bed, turn out the lights, and press play. I'm going to do the rest. What I'm going to attempt to do is create a safe place where you could set aside whatever's keeping you awake. Whether it's uh, thoughts, feelings, the physical sensations—so uh, st- you know stuff uh, like that—that's keeping you up. It could be out- outside stuff. It could be you know tri- whatever's keeping you awake. I'd like to take your mind off of that. I think I said that minute. What I'm going to do? Uh, or, or yeah, what I'm going to do? <laughs> I was trying to think of something. Because I always say that. I say, what I'm going to do is send my voice across the deep, dark night. I'm going to use lulling, soothing, creaky dulcet tones. I'm going to use gentle motions with my hands to create a safe place. Kind of carving it out, smoothing it out, patting it. I'm rubbing it down. I'm saying safe place. Uh, Lulling, soothing, creaky dulcet Pointless meanders. I forget how uh, circuitous logic... uh, all those things I'm, I'm gonna send my voice across to deep. All those, I honestly forgot what I say next. Uh, but it, you, to take your mind off stuff and help you fall asleep, to keep you company if you can't fall asleep. And uh, honestly, sometimes my brain like uh, runs ahead. I say, what was in there? What, what, what were we supposed to say next? I don't know. But uh, I guess I'm supposed to kind of greet you. I, I did change up the order there. I think that's what threw me off. But I'm the podcaster who's naturally thrown off anyway. Uh, But I'm here, if you're new, uh, or if if you're a new regular listener, you might say, Scoots, this is going a little bit different. I say, yeah, well, we're staying calm. We're staying in the moment. Uh, I'm staying here for you to keep you company. Now, if you're new, a couple of things I'd like you to know right up front. Uh, This podcast is a little bit different. So we uh, try to uh, kind of sink in, relax, and uh, kind of... uh, observe me with a little bit of distance if you're new because you kind of say well this doesn't make a lot of sense this is this show defies logic and i said well i don't really defy logic i just noticed uh it is that spock that says well that's illogical he would can you imagine uh, like uh, so spock was on the original star trek uh and uh, but but uh I think he used to say, well, that's like Spock and Vulcan's like logic. I'm pretty sure this is like, uh, I guess, a broad generalization. Excuse me, Vulcan's. Uh, like, but like, uh, uh, I don't know. I guess Spock would find me logical, But actually, the thing is, you don't need to be a Vulcan to find me illogical. There you go. That's what I meant. You, if you're a human, you're going to find me, like you say, well, most people are, like follow some sort of logic. This podcast, it kind of peters out, doesn't go anywhere, gets started, then slows down a bit. You see, so you're right. Uh, so if you're new, those are some things you could, could kind of, instead of, uh, I say, well, I don't really define logic or expectation. I just kind of drive around it. I take the long way around. There you go. Like some people say, I take the long way. I say, well, yeah, I saw the logic and I drove uh, they said, well, that's a logical way to go, right? And they said, oh, did you say go right at logic? Okay. Well, there's a, I don't know. There's some grass in the road there. So I'm going to take this other path here in the middle, like uh, not right and not that logical way. Just off there. Not, no, no, not off the beaten path either. That area next to it. Oh, that's not a path? Well, that's the way I went. Yeah, uh, so that's the way I'll go. So, the, oh, so, okay, so if you're new, though, let me get back to you. Sorry, I got lost in my, uh, I, when I, t- I took a wrong turn at Logic, uh, just like Bugs Bunny used to take a wrong turn at Pismo Beach. And as a kid, I never got, I never, I guess I missed the heydays of Pismo. Okay, here's a question Was that just a joke or did Pismo Beach have a heyday? Also, to most, a lot of people. So, Bugs Bunny. Back before the, 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 uh, there used to be two big cartoon groups. Uh, there's the Warner Brothers cartoons, and then there was the the, the company D-I-S-N-E-Y. So you had the mouse, uh, like Mickey Mouse, and you had Bugs Bunny. And I'm no historian, but it, uh, w- and I think it was before my childhood, but even during my childhood, while Bugs Bunny was losing momentum, a- again, maybe to marketing do- dollars, maybe just to beloved, uh, Maybe because you could go visit the other one, yeah. But uh, but Bugs Bunny was another cartoon like figure that was really liked by kids. A little bit more acerbic and more of a trickster god than Mickey. No offense, Mickey. You know Mickey's more of a oh, shucks, let me help you carry that suitcase. Or oh, you got like Mickey's like uh, Mickey, you got a great. Just, I can't find a flaw with you in, in, in the opening of a sleep podcast, uh, but Bugs Bunny was a little bit more of, uh, inf- well, okay. So what was my point? I have no idea what my point was. Oh, m- 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 Bugs Bunny, you seek to take a wrong turn at Pismo beach. Uh, and I guess I'll have to Google it. I thought that was maybe in LA or, or like somewhere, but then I said, maybe it's in Florida, or maybe it's just a beach they saw on a map and they said, that's the be- that must be a great beach. Because uh, as much as I love California, uh, we have really nice beaches for sitting on and looking at the beauty of the ocean, especially in Northern California. But as far as swimming goes, which I associate with beaches, I mean, I think the Southern California's got that, you know, pretty good. But you have to drive pretty far south. I think you got to get all the way down. I don't know, I've never seen, uh, I'd have to see about, like, San Luis Obispo or something. I've never swam there. Uh, but usually you got to get all the way down to, like, Ventura County, I think, to, to get good swimming. But me, I don't know. So maybe they say, well, that's where Pismo Beach is, Scoots. And I say, well, I took the wrong turn at remembering Pismo Beach, Bugs Bunny. Anyway, what was my... So, oh, this podcast is a bit illogical. That was my, thank you, Spock, for bringing it back. I guess I could hire Spock to just hang out while I'm recording and say, well, that was illogical. And I'd say, thanks, but let me, like, to rail in my meanders. Okay, so where was I? If you're new, structurally, what to expect? The show starts off with a few minutes of business. And that's how we keep the show free for everybody uh, is the people that support the sponsors or become patrons. So that's a really nice thing is like uh, this is shows you communally are supported by people that support the show. Uh, So that's why business is up front. There's also business between the intro and the episode. So there's a business. Then there's an intro. Now we're about eight minutes into the intro, which is usually around 12 minutes or so of me kind of explaining what the podcast is and going off topic and then saying, well, okay, let me try to bring it back. And so, uh, like, uh, yeah. So, so I, I guess I don't know what my point is. Uh, oh, what the intro is. Oh yeah. So sorry. I was like thinking about, uh, <laughs> I was like thinking like originally I was going to talk about plants in this intro and I said, well, I guess we're not going to be talking about plants this intro. Yeah, but so, uh, yeah, thanks, Bugs Bunny. get Bugs Bunny and uh, uh, who's that, Spock. Uh, they, I, they, I think they have teamed up. I've seen a cartoon version of Spock somewhere, like a comedic version, but that could have been somewhere else. Uh, I don't think Spock and Bugs Bunny have appeared together, but that's, you know, it is not, it is within the realm of possibility. How about this? If you're going to Comic Con, or something like that, or some other con with a uh, cosplay that has, I don't know when the next Star Trek movie comes out, but you know, there's just, there's a new Star Trek TV shows. So no, and like, I don't know which, if Spock's in any of those lineups, but go, what if you went to one of those, dressed as Bugs Bunny? Like, let's say, let's just imagine it's a, a Star Trek con, like Trek con. You go as Bugs Bunny in a, in a, um, like Starfleet uniform. Yeah, but then you, at some point, you take like your your spack dressed as Bugs Bunny in a Starfleet uniform. Too much, okay? Oh, because I gotta get okay. So the intro is a part of the podcast. Uh, it's not really efficient. It kind of yeah, it's, it drives around the logic, but it's a it's a part of people's bedtime routine. About 95, I think, I can't remember the last statistic I said, you know, like maybe 8% of listeners kind of skip it or less, like skip the intro and go straight to the story. But for most listeners, they use this long intro, about 12 minutes to get ready for bed or they're already in bed and they're winding down. They're listening to scoots. Some listeners are easing off in dreamland and some like you are just getting comfortable and cozy. Hey, I'm glad you're here. Thanks again for coming by. So the intro is kind of a part of the show and a show within the show. And if you're new, some people can find it a bit frustrating because they say, are you going to ever start talking about Star Trek? And they'd say, yeah, I'm going to do that next in a little while. I'll be start talking about Star Trek The Next Generation. been a while since I have. Uh, but yeah, so that's the structure. So we have an intro, then some business, then I'll talk about Star Trek The Next Generation, an episode. I'll talk about stuff that came up in the episode. It won't really be super reflective of the episode, just because that's not my—that's uh, just not what I'm good at, uh, and it's not super sleepy. And then we have some thank yous at the end, so let's just structure the show. Here's a couple other things: you don't need to listen. You may have come to that conclusion yourself, uh, or you say, "But really, some people turn me way down, and some people listen to me at a mumble." But but it's more like it's an optional thing. You can listen, but you don't have to. So you see, I, I, there's no pressure from my end for you to listen to me, or remember, or you say, well, you can't miss out on this part uh, where I like uh, c- confuse Bugs Bunny and you know, whatever, and confuse Pismo Beach, you know, with Ventura Beach or whatever. So. I say, oh, yeah, I guess you could miss that. Like, it's okay with me, right? If you fell asleep, or you just kind of were drifting in and out. Uh, so, no need to listen. But there's also no pressure to fall asleep. The reason the shows are about an hour or a little bit over an hour is because I want to give you plenty of time. No pressure. Uh, you drift off. You know, you, you like uh, you drift off when you need to. I'll be here to keep you company. If you can't sleep, uh, I'll be here till the end. I don't like make half a show and then start just droning on. I mean, I drone on, but it's with intention and ideally presence, uh, that you could feel that I'm here for you to keep you company and to take your mind off of stuff. Uh, so no pressure to listen, no pressure to fall asleep. You, the reason I make the show is because one, I've been there particularly lately. I've had the, uh, I haven't had the drift-off issues, but I've had the, like, uh, the, like uh, the just unsettled nights issues. We'll just leave it like that. And so I know how it feels, and I really, truly believe you deserve a good night's sleep. Uh, I want you to know, whether you're new or you're a re- regular listener, I'm glad you're here. I work very hard. I yearn and I strive, and I'd really love to help you fall asleep. And uh here's a couple ways we keep the show uh, going. All right, everybody, we're back with uh, Star Trek The Next Generation coverage. It's been a while, uh, or more than a while, from me from recording. And we're covering uh, Star Trek The Next Generation Season 1, Episode 25, I believe. Uh, the Neutral Zone. And this is one uh, Max from Cards uh, recommended, and... I've seen it before. I watched it a few more times. Then I did my notes. It opens with the first officer's log, not so not, uh, so Riker's log, uh, 41986.0. Uh, we see we have a beardless Riker 04030. I don't know what that stands for. I know they're going to Starbase 718 uh, 04030. I don't know what that is. Uh, uh, that might be notes about something else or something. We see an ancient capsule. They see an ancient, ancient, ancient camp capsule. It could be headed towards Kazesis Binary System. Uh, but somebody says, I think not. Riker. Oh, he says it's a piece of space junk. Uh, oh, because Worf says, you want me to send it into Kazesis Binary System? or, or uh, adjust its heading so it doesn't get uh, destroyed. Then uh, Riker says, they think that's nah, space garbage. Also have a note here to look up about stuff about wharf in season one. The data's standing very straight. I had a couple of data questions. I didn't have a chance to research on this. I mean, presumably he has ex- excellent posture. Uh, do I need to readjust or weld... Request permission to uh, investigate. Uh, so you say, leave it be. Then they break because Captain Riker's off on a mission. Uh, he's gonna be back in several hours. Data says, request permission to investigate this ancient vehicle. And Riker says it's a derelict. Uh, why you wanna know? And he re, uh, Data says, history. This is history, yo. What re, re, I'm curious about. It. We got it out of the time, don't we? And Riker says you better be back before the captain gets back. And then he goes, "Wharf, keep an eye on him." And they say, aye, sir." And then we see a shot of the capsule. Oh, that was what the capsule has: O four, O three, and O two on it. That was those numbers I said earlier. Because we see a shot of the capsule. They energize in. There could have been a dot matrix printer on the left of the side of the where they energize in solar gaminar. Oh, solar generator. Worf glares when he looks at the computer. He did research kind of computers at the time of the, when this episode came out, which was 1987. Uh, so we'll talk about that later. Uh, there's a clanging that gets Worf's attention. Uh, then he says he tries to open the door. He says it must be the seal stuck or something. Uh, I don't know if data was showing how strong it was or that you just use the, the handle because he opens the door without a problem. I put what question uh, mark, it's a bit like the video game fall to the outs, uh, and there's frost on the glass. There's capsules where you do a long sleep, uh, acoustic paneling inside. I said, that's nice. Uh, like sound absorption panels. Uh, we get some Disney music and bells as they look in the different ones. Uh, O2's running running close to empty. I think that's what my handwriting says. Uh, then uh, Worf says, Commander, look at this. And then there's like a Dis- Disney theme park music uh, on the Discovery, and then the, there's episode, o- episode opens, the neutral zone. And they found three people. There's some mystery music. They're sleeping right now. Data's talking extremely loud. Like he's doing, like it caught my attention. He's doing loud talking. Just him and Worf. And uh, I said, well, somebody maybe maybe Data has to go in for a hearing test. Uh, Refrigeration. in Something Geordi. Shuttle's coming. Let's say the captain. Uh-oh. Oh, Oh, no. Everybody get back. Uh, Data. I don't know what this says. This is my handwriting. I'm not trying to be funny. We got some poop circles. Do it quick. So let me look through here. Uh, let's see. They find uh oh yeah, they're on extended journey. Uh, what what are what are they why are they here? These are just for refrigeration only. Uh, captain's shuttle's approaching. Number one, I want to get underway. We'll make the day to get back here unusual situation uh we got three peeps uh and we need to bring them back data or Riker says you're gonna bring them back here and data says yeah we got to uh, do a quick uh i don't know we got some poop circles that's really what my handwriting says it has nothing to do with anything it's probably something else uh, but i have no well oh, people oh that's what it was it was a joke uh wasn't as funny as what I thought it was, uh, of peepsicles. Uh, that's what I, it was a joke. I wrote that I couldn't read my handwriting. We got some three peepsicles, uh, do it quick captain on the bridge. Uh, Picard says, he says, give us f we'll forge, uh, 80-0-5-8-1-7-3. Got it. Uh, and then he says, number one, we got to have a staff meeting. And Geordi kind of questions, he goes, he goes, that's the neutral zone, boss. Uh, he goes, yeah, no dumb I'm, I'm in charge. Uh, he goes, it, 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 warp factor eight, ICER, warp factor eight, engage. Uh, all business, that's what I said. That is correct. Uh, he says, save it for the staff meeting. What are you doing talking in front of the people that, uh, come on. Kurt stands during the staff meeting, his arms like hugging the chair. He says, yeah, we got an assignment here. We're missing some outposts. Can't find them. No communication. Uh, and they say Romulans. Uh, and they say, yeah, that's it. There haven't been any talks since the Tomat incident. Yeah, that was 50 years ago. We haven't heard anything from a Romulan. And Rick says, well, remember, every, this is all rumor or conjecture. Send on ship. Uh, Oh, the strategic, uh, whatever that Starfleet or whatever says, they're going to send one ship to Enterprise. Uh, And they say it's a gamble. Uh, Send us out your first encounter. It could be set up. Reuters says, let's assume that. And Picard says, well, we're not not really there to use force. We're there to establish relations. Uh, So if we use force, we failed. And if we can't establish relations, we have to convince them of our resolve. Uh, it, it looks like they're the ones seeking trouble, and we don't want to give them that. We want to really know what they really want. We want to get to the bottom of this. Uh, give me a full profile. Uh, 19 hours and twenty minutes will be there. Okay, let's have a meeting in six hours. Stay sharp. Uh, Qualcomm no-ball shard. I don't know what that means. Oh, he says. Any questions? No one has any. Uh, so then, all well, star. to Crusher. Uh, oh, Ricard goes to see Crusher. She goes. She he says, "So, what is it, doctor?" She goes, "It's the people from the capsule." He goes, "Capsule people? WTF?" Uh, she goes, "We thawed them out. The peepsicles." Uh, he goes, "I don't even know what you're talking about, D- Data." Uh, she goes, "I didn't know what to do." they're all sleeping, uh, they had some minor stuff we fixed on all of them, uh, now back of them, tort, tort, frozen after WTF, uh, yeah, made me wonder what's the lifespan, current lifespan on, uh, next generation, they said, oh, people used to worry about the big farm back then, uh. Now, you know, that's one of the silly things those twenties 21st century people did, 20th century. And I guess it worked. Uh, Data, get up here. He goes, look, I'm never critical of people being curious, uh, but they were already at the big farm. Uh, and Data seemed like the proper thing to do. He goes, we'll have to treat them like they're humans. Uh, he calls warfin. Repeat to their no-choice, uh, wake-up builder. Let's see. So they say, okay, well, oh, before we wake them up, get, uh, wharf up here. They're gonna be awake soon. We got no other choice. So then Beverly wakes one of them up, uh, she kind of, the woman who wakes up, she's kind of smiling, like, with a kind of dopey look on her face. You know, like she just woke up from a big sleep, uh, she kind of smiles at a couple people till so she sees Worf. And then she f- falls back asleep, and there's comedy music, uh, and they say "Welcome to the 24th century." And then there's more discs, more comedy. I think Data says, "I checked the discs. Uh, uh, this, would do, oh, uh, oh, about uh, different things. You, you watch it. Uh, one of the other. Per- uh, see, so that was." Uh, um, Claire, Claire Raymond, then you have Ralph Offenhouse, uh, Liskfine, uh, Liskfine, I don't know what that means, 55, maybe that was it, a rich dude, and then LQ Sonny, Sonny Clemens, uh, he doesn't even have a file, Some. he's a musician or something, and also he's in the club Scoots is in, uh, Too Afraid to Live, uh. Too scared to not, you know, uh, why? Oh, this is a question. I mean, it's answered actually. At the time I asked, why isn't Troy up there? Uh, He calls in number one. He goes, number one, you got to deal with this stuff. Uh, He's so irritated. Picard uh, pulls his shirt down. He says, keep them out of my way. Then Picard explains there in blue. One, two, three, six, four data looks over his shell as a what is that let me see what happens so you keep him out of my way Riker's trying to explain everything to the people and they're all dressed in blue okay that's what that blue thing says uh i don't know what one two three six four means uh 2364 that must be the year in their terms uh Data looks over his shell. at a, What is that? We're uh, on the vessel. Oh, they say, what is this, a U.S. ship? They say, no, no, United Federation's of Planets. Earth's a member of that. Oh, yeah, 2364. You're all in uh, excellent health. Uh, worked. What are you, Android? Is that a robot? No, there's differences between those two. Uh, what about a oh, wharf they talk about? That would be a little bit more. Uh, they say, is this some sort of a hallucination? No, 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 this is real. Uh, I love it when data says, hooey. One of the dudes, do- oh, let's see, I got ahead of myself. Klingon, 370 years ago, this was a long shot. A hooey. I love it. Data says, hooey. I loved that moment. Let's try one of the high moments of the thing. And uh, let's see, they taught, talk- I don't know, there's a lot of exposition. Pride, right, thorns, uh, shade. Uh, so uh, Claire throws some shade on her husband, Donald. Uh, Ralph Humble brags. Uh, they say this whole thing you got, what, you, this was a fad after the you know, popularity of the game falling out. Uh, he says, I got to make a phone call, read the Wall Street Journal. They say, What, what are you talking about, dude? Take it slowly. Then we cut to Troy. The reason Troy wasn't there is because she's busy researching the Romulans and uh, covering that with uh, the card. Oh, Data says hooey, hogwash, malarkey, jive, an intentional fabrication. Uh, So let's see, Troy says there's very little on the Romulans. Uh, Extremes, uh, you know, can be nice and then not nice, related to the Vulcans, but different, very curious. Belief beyond superiority, beyond arrogance, uh, fascinated with humans, uh, uh, but they don't initiate anything. So you have to commit yourself, uh, but card goes, oof, good to know. Counter. Okay. Uh, counter measures, uh, data shows, uh, how to use the food, uh, whatever that thing's called, uh, he's teaching Sonny how to use the food thing, uh. He, he said, he gets a, uh, drink and I said, is that a real drink or a fake drink? Uh, then there's twang music, uh, cut on the TV. He says, uh, something delusion, sir, stopped in 2040 TV did That's not good for us. Uh, it's not that long off. And they say boring. This is like modern kids without the internet. You kind of Riker laughs, uh. They say, I got to get to the bridge. The dude, the rich dude says, with whom? He even uses proper, with whom are you speaking? Because uh, the card calls in on the speaker. And he goes, the captain. The guy goes, well, I'm rich, man. I'm, I'm used to like, talking to captains. Uh, you ever heard of Captain stooping? Right. Uh, and they go, is that the one from that show? He goes, I don't know. I don't remember. Uh, but they say, yeah, let's get the boss in here. And then the the, uh, the sunny guy he says, "Data, we gotta hang later." Like he's using like a, he's using all sorts of slang, which Data likes. Uh, "Captain, good, all up to the captain." Oh, the guy Rich guy says, "I gotta call Geneva," and Riker says, "I'll pass it along." Data and Riker walk in the hallway talking. They throw some shade on the twenty first century. They say, if this was about the these were the people in the 21st century, I don't need to get over there. Unusual humans. Uh, yeah, then they check in, they're back in the ready room. Uh, Picard says, I want to report. They're six hours out in the neutral zone. Uh, six hours away. No nine outposts. I don't know what that says. says, uh. Can't get a hold of anybody, any of the, oh, any of the nine outposts, uh, they're all gone. Uh, we have to uh, consider information we have about the Romulans is out of date, Data says. Uh, you see, okay, well, uh, what, what are they, is uh, the Romulans trying to start something? The enterprise Picard says, "Well, not with the federation, but you know they're, they're sending the best, of course." That's uh Riker grab, you know, pulls up his pallet or whatever. What do you call those things? His lapels. Picard says, "What do you recommend?" He goes, nah, I think we should assume the n- initiative." Worf says, "I agree with Riker. This is it. We got seize the day, corpe diem." Regard says, "Data." And Data says, well, that's based on one premise, uh, the intent of the Romulans. If the premise is sound, the proposal is. And I thought Sherlock Holmes would have liked that. uh, Maybe, uh, let's see. LaForge says, but if uh, if the intent isn't, you know, trouble, then what is it? Uh, Then the rich dude just calls on the speaker. Captain Picard, uh, Ralph Laufenhouse here. And Ricard's not happy. Ralph calls, I said. Uh, talks about the QE2. The lie when Picard rolls in. Picard rolls in on him. He goes, excellent. I've been waiting to talk to you. Oh, first, Picard says, number one, did you give him permission to contact? I said, don't you guys have PIN numbers on this thing? Or like touch ID or face ID? So Picard goes, uh uh first oh the first he's still talking back and forth. to talk about the QE two. He goes, This isn't a cruise ship, uh and he demands a phone or radio. Uh he goes, uh gotta make contact with my firm. And Picard goes, Those things are for official ship business. Uh and the guy goes, Well, how come you don't need a pin number? like Scoot said. They said uh people are all exercise self discipline here except for you. He goes, we got a lot going on, not just you three. We're dealing with something. Uh, and he goes, I don't care, man. This is the ego talking. And he goes, I'm cognizant of where I am and when. It's simply, I'm, you know, I, I'm not like a, he goes, I'm upper class. You're working class, military. And Ricard is kind of dealing with this nonsense. He goes, a lot has changed. He goes, people aren't obsessed with accumulation of things. No hunger. No need for, for, for possessions. We've grown out of our infancy, you infant. Uh, and the guy goes, It's not about possessions. It's about uh, control. Ricard goes, Control's an illusion. And I couldn't tell if this was like a parallel conversation for the Romulans, because uh, I'm not like uh, my intellect isn't on that level, but I think it might be. Other than, oh, I said, other than kids being on the ship, this must be, like, Picard's, like, uh, worst day as far as, like, why do I got to deal with this? Uh, and then he says, Troy, you got to come up here and help these people adjust, uh, get these people under control. We cannot continue afford their distractions. Uh, Captain Scenic Station 5. Uh, let me see. They must have been coming up uh, or something. And then Troy talks to Claire for a little while, uh, in the hall. Oh, this is when he runs into Troy. Uh, then Troy talks to the, uh, the country dude, Wade. I don't know who Wade is. I don't think there is any Wade, but she kind of tries to calm everybody down. Oh no, that's not Troy. That's, uh, uh, oh, the guy wants, yeah, he's trying to get some, uh, Rx from uh, Crusher, Sonny, Grading Palm Jam Music Mom, Painting Behind Them with Red Craters. Oh, when Troy's talking to Claire, there's a cool painting behind her with red craters. LQ, Big Wand Birch Marble. Oh, in his room, there's a big marble sculpture. Oh, because he gets Data sent to his room. Uh, and Data goes, hey, what's up? He goes, I want to have a party. Suds and sounds. Uh, and he goes, you're doing good. He goes, yeah, I like to party, man. It's just the same dance, different tune. I need a guitar. And Data goes, I could replicate one. And he goes, okay, get get it to me, man. You sack it to me. And they say, Data, we're near the neutral zone, by the way. Data goes, I got to get out of here. The guy goes, what's the neutral zone? He goes, I didn't know if this was actually, he goes, a buffer between the Romulan Empire and the Federation. That lake it was just tucked in there. Because is that not, he goes, are you going to have Romulans at this party? He goes, no, that wouldn't be appropriate. Uh, Something to do. Same dance, different tune. Neutral zone, no Romulans at the party. There's some music. Uh, captain's log supplemental with the neutral zone. There's no bases. We can, f- can't find a trace of them at all, period, which is weird. Uh, and we show the crew talking about it. Couldn't have been any technology we know about, uh, some great force, uh, with insu- inf- insufficient information, uh, to figure out, could it be natural or something? And uh, you say, let's go to the next station. Uh, then the old rich guy is there, which was weird. I mean, the way the episode pays off, uh, he's buzzing around, uh, mind your own business. Uh, oh, that's, he's with the, uh, LQ or whatever. And LQ says, mind your own business. Cause he's like talking trash about the ship and everything. Cause I'm an expert at negotiations. He goes, they're just trying to do our, their jobs. We don't need them swimming in our soup. Uh, n-y-o-b and he goes i'm not letting my fate be decided by others uh i gotta go what's going on uh grabs guitar pattern replicator uh the rich guy storms out tear nine in conduit identical uh conditions identical uh everything's out uh Riker wants to go to red alert. Uh, He says, well, that's a little bit more defensive than uh, I think. I don't know. I don't want to send the wrong message. Uh, And War says, yeah, let's go to red alert. He goes, well, uh, no rash actions. He says, "Uh, we still have three other stops. Uh, Let's proceed in a calm and orderly manner. Riker says, well, how about yellow alert? He goes, that would be prudent. Make it so the rich dude, Ralph's walking around, he figure out how to use the lifts, the lift, uh, voice activation, and, uh, let's see, Wharf you can't get, we shoulder up Riker, Captain, wait, uh, let's see, he goes up, uh, Worf says, there's something coming, large and moving, can't get a view, shields up, uh, Riker wants to it, it boot up. He says, "Let's wait. Let's let them, we don't want them to read our intent. Uh, then they'll take a similar posture." Riker says, "We got sufficient out, evidence." Uh, so does Worf. Kirk uh, goes, "No." Then they say, "Well, it's weakening. They're gone, uh, and uh, we lost them." Picard says, "D double A to the M-N. uh and he goes where? He goes where are they? And then he goes. Uh, they go. They must have worked on their cloaking. But Picard goes. Yeah, they, they wanted to see our intent. Uh, and then Ralph's there. He says, "Who in the heck? Why do we?" You know. And they. See, R- Riker goes, "Get him off the bridge." He goes, "No." He, he, like he literally. There's like two security people. He says, "No." No oh, shields up. That's what I couldn't read. Do sneaks on board. Ne- negative, uh, Geordi, what does that mean, uh, because I'm not going anywhere, uh, then the uh, ship comes in, the Romulan ship materializes, uh, they can't believe they're seeing it, uh, and, uh, because the stay calm, open hailing frequencies, uh, got our answer, dude, who are they, too often, can't get him off the bridge. Oh, two officers can't get that dude off the bridge. Uh Captain they're back. Uh a green the green colored ship comes in, they take a goes to a commercial break. Uh amazing. Never thought I'd be this close. And they hail, and then he says it's John Luke Picard. Uh and they say they're armed he goes yeah but they haven't done anything Picard knows they're not going to take the initiative I guess uh and one dude says I'm a commander Tabak uh Picard goes what are you doing on the side of neutral zone this is federation turf uh and other dude says uh or the other Romulan says it's necessary Picard goes it could be aggression and they go if we were aggression you'd know it uh and they want to do stuff for the right reason. We're here because our outposts are missing, too, and missing the same way yours are. Morf says, well, what gives you the right uh, to come this far? And they say, silence your dog. Uh, the guard goes, answer the question. And they go, well, what are you asking us questions for? And they go, well, do you think we did it? And they go, no, too technologically advanced. Uh, Ricard goes, who's responsible? And Ralph, uh, they don't know why they give him this role. He says, they don't know. They're hoping you know, but they're too arrogant to ask. Uh, And Ricard goes, you're out of line, Mr. But Picard goes, he's right, unfortunately. And they go, we don't know. Uh, Why are all these outposts missing? Ricard goes, how about in a proposal? And they say an alliance, no way. And he goes, nothing so grandiose, just cooperation. We'll just share info about this. Uh, and they go, okay. And this one issue sounds good, only if it's convenience. And they say, Picard, you're a you're thoughtful man. I'll tell you that uh, we've had more matters more urgent. Uh, and we shouldn't have been dropped our guard down. Federation expanded. Our outposts vanished. uh We've been negligent, but no more. We're back. Uh, and uh, they say, we don't let, you know, They still kind of say. and then the Picard goes, get this old rich guy off my bridge. Uh, so pretty good, uh, a really good scene. Three ninety, thirty nine fifteen. 3915. Uh, there's a good look. Uh, uh, so Riker and Picard look. And uh, then... Get the dude off my bridge, and Troy like has like our, our, uh, one of those like g- genealogy sites up but for Claire. She finds like her great 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 wait great 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 grandson named to Donald too, like her husband. Uh, maybe they could have find you know find each other. Uh, then Picard has a proposal. Uh, he, he says, you can't stay the enterprise, uh, but we're going to make up with the Charleston. They're heading to earth. They'll drop you off. Uh, and the rich guy says, what about, I don't have any, I don't have any rich stuff. How am I going to, he goes, uh, material needs no longer exist. And this is like the end of the season, remember? So he says, well, what's the challenge then? And Picard says, the challenge, Mr. Offenhouse, is to improve yourself, to enrich yourself, and to enjoy it. Uh, and then the country guy goes, no one's going to remember all my uh, antics. Uh, and he goes, so what if you, I mean, this would be great fan fiction, because he says, Data, why don't you come with me be my sideman? And Data says, that does offer, does that offer does present a, a certain fascination. Uh, then our bridge, Jordy says, well, we could, uh, take them to our nine to be faster, uh, because Charleston's going to be there for a while. Oh no. Starbase 39 Sierra in five days. It saved them months. Uh, Picard goes, they need the extended time. They're not ready for earth. Uh, and Rick, pretty. You can't take that pity. We can't take them ourselves. It's like having a visit from the past. Uh, and Picard says that would take us in the wrong direction. Our mission is to go forward, and it's just begun. Set velocity, warp six, Mr. Leforge. And Geordi says, aye, sir, warp six. He goes, there's still much to do, still so much to learn. Mr. Forge, Mister LaForge, excuse me, engage. And there was kind of like some music like Superman. And I do not know how long the season break was for. They were, already knew they had a second season, but a really strong ending. And, uh, yeah, that's how the episode ends. Now, a few things that came up. One was Riker's Beard. I found two things. I didn't realize it was, uh, on the uh, Urban Dictionary. So, over at com, there's Riker's Beard, a uh, euphemism for a moment in time, and typically in pop culture, when something that was lackluster or underachieving surprisingly became much better and exciting. Uh, which, like, uh, Thought that Riker's beard coincided with the show hitting a real good stride. Also, they say Heather Locklear joining Melrose Place was that show's Riker's beard moment. Uh, all of them are like uh, hard to follow, but uh, yeah, just like it's the opposite, I guess, of uh, jump the shark. Uh, so I, I thought that was interesting. Then there's a, a article from SciFi dot com. dot com. Or an excerpt from an interview uh, with uh, Jonathan Frakes about uh, why Roddenberry wanted Riker to have a beard. And let's see. It talks about the Star Trek The Next Generation uh, Blu rays, the second renaissance of the show, uh, the actors being interviewed. This is by, uh, by the articles or the interviews, Danny Ross, January 14th, 2013. And because we got to find out this fun fact, the Riker beard—oh, they talk about that uh, thing. But how did it come to be? Uh, Frakes grew the beard during the writer strike that took place between seasons one and two. Uh, but when Gene Roddenberry felt it should stick around, uh, it, Gene said, "Jonathan, I love the beard. It'll be nautical. We'll shape it, and that way it'll be decorative." Uh, And yeah, I think they have actually a video interview with him. So I'll I'll link to that. I did just want to follow Worf a little bit here. Uh, Let's see, family history. I just wanted to go storylines, backstory. Uh, Worf was assigned to to USS Enterprise-D in 2364, relief flight control and tactical officer, Lieutenant Junior Grade. Uh, But the next year, so that would be season two, he became uh, acting chief of security. And then the next year after that, he was transferred to the operations division and made formal acting chief of security, then formal chief of security. Uh, So that was just like why he's dressed a little bit differently. Uh, It just caught my eye. Derelict, here's a nice SAT word, probably in the earlier parts, uh, derelict. D-E-R-E-L-I-C-T, it's an adjective. Uh, Abandoned by owner or occupant or uh, lacking a sense of duty or as a noun, in this case, in this show, something voluntarily abandoned or a tract of land left dry by receding water, Uh, derelict. Also, dare look to Dialect is uh, a uh, third bass I don't know if that's, I think it was their first album, maybe, uh, with Prime Minister Pete Nice. Uh, let's see. I, I, sir. This one I had to look up on Wikipedia. It's a phrase commonly heard in present day na- naval language, and I, uh, just one. It came, came in the English language in the 16th century or early, to, early 17th, meaning yes or so. Uh, it was also used a formal for voting in the House of Commons. Uh, the most common use of I-I, sir, in naval, meaning a order has been received, understood, and will be carried out immediately. Oh, so it's like I-I, sir, received, understood, and will, oh, so it has, uh, Different than yes, which could just mean civil agreement without an intention to act. Aye, uh, I, I, I understand and will comply. Ah, yeah, it's interesting. I was glad, I'm glad we looked that up. Okay, I pulled a few articles here about timeline of computing in 1987 uh, when the show came out. When, this, when these episodes first aired, because I was just thinking about the... Uh, I don't know, just we used to disk drives and stuff. And I was like, where were we in 87? Uh, so the Mac 2 and the Mac SE were released in March 2nd. Uh, and uh, so they probably did have 3.5 inch drives. The IBM PS2 Slash was also introduced in April. And yeah, they had the 3.5 inch drives or 3.5 inch drives, uh, which could, st- could store 1.44 Megabits is on the less expensive model, only 720k. Uh, Acorn Archimedes in the UK. Uh, let's see what else we had. Uh, some sound cards. Uh, compacts started getting VGA. Oh, wow! VGA came out in 1987. Wow. Okay. Uh, so that's from Wikipedia. There's also this Computerhope.com. Computer history 1987. CompuServe uh, introduced the GIF standard. Or the GIF standard uh, in 1987. Uh, Texas Instruments developed DLP, which is used in TVs today. I Think maybe not anymore though. In 87, uh, Woz Steve Wozniak left Apple February 6, 1987. First South by Southwest, uh, first version of Microsoft Microsoft Excel, oh the first ARM processor, Acorn, Acorn Archimedes. Microsoft shares were a hundred bucks. Uh, first email uh, from China was sent to Germany, September twentieth. Uh, oh, that was when if you if you if you've ever seen Criminal Live, that it was in nineteen eighty seven with the Max Hedrum thing. Uh, Apple HyperCard, Microsoft Works. Uh, so it's a little bit more. I wanted to look at pricing though. Let's see. So this is PCWorld.com. Uh, Benji Edwards, uh, 25 years of the IBM PS2. So it a little, it's a good little history article. I just wanted to talk on the price uh, though. The four initial models uh, that came out in April 87 launch were. Uh, the Model 30, the Model 50, the Model 60, and the Model 80. It ranged dramatically in power and price. And low in the 30, which was like a PCXT. I think we had a PC cologne, PCXT XT cologne. Oh, yeah, 8086 CPU, 8 megahertz, a 640K of RAM, 20 megabyte hard drive. And it cost $2,300, which would be about 4,600 in 19, In 2012, uh, in the high end, the model 80, it was uh, it, it did cost 11 Gs, which is like 22 Gs. So, uh, and neither one came with an operating system. You had to buy PC DOS 3.3 for about 120 bucks. So, there's a little bit about computing. There's, I looked up frosted glass. I ended up not looking up the right thing though. Uh, because I was thinking of like frost on glass. Uh, but um, this, you know, it's always interesting to find out what comes up. So let me see. Frosted glass. What else do we have? The Tomad in So yeah, frosted glass. Let's see. We got frosted glass. Uh, it could be produced by sandblasting or uh, acid etching of a clear sheet of glass, a pitted surface on one side rendering the glass translucent by scattering the light and blurring images. It's just what you would use in your bathroom, right? Uh, so just an interesting, I don't know, I, I, I looked it up. The Tomat incident. This was, this is memory dash alpha com. Uh, Tomate incident was a confrontation between, oh, I, I hit the wrong button here. Uh, the United Federations of Planets and the Romulan Star Empire in 2311, which led to the signing of the Treaty of Algernon, which banned the Federation from using cloaking devices in the withdrawal of the Romulan government until 2364. Uh, it might have a, con- a connection to the Beta Quadrant Star Tomid uh it was uh, it was uh, in a couple of uh, books um which in that story it was a staged thing uh where the romulan ship of the tomed cra- like uh, stopped accidentally uh on a federation base um and when quantum singularity Convi- confinement of tomed failed uh well, took out 13 Starfleet outposts and the USS Agamem- Agamemnon. And uh, all the bases were... Oh, but in reality, all the bases were empty and rigged to emit false life signs. Uh, uh, it sounds like a big cover-up on Starfleet. Uh, interesting. I don't know. So you could read more about it uh, in one of those two books. Uh, that are in the link another SAT word conjecture c-o-n-j-e-c-t-u-r-e noun an inference formed without proof or sufficient evidence we're pretty familiar with that nowadays or a conclusion deduced by surmise or guesswork or a proposition as in mathematics before it has been proved or disproved Uh, it could also mean obsolete uh conjecture also as a verb uh is to arrive at or deduce by guesswork or to make conjectures uh, conjecture don't conjecture me bruh uh here's what i here's a couple of pieces of tidbits I wanted to look up the lifespan uh and this is from memory alpha dot wiki two wiki uh, uh humanoids was known to vary. Comparative lifespans, the swarming moths of Gona 4, uh, Bajorans. I'm just looking up a hum- I want to know humans, Antarans. The average, okay, here we go. The average human lifespan uh, had greatly increased uh, during the 20th century. 22nd century was 100 years. Still roughly the same during 2250, but was 120. 120 years by mid 24th century uh so in letter McCoy had reached one hundred and thirty seven in by twenty three sixty four so this just my bit general question when they were talking about the big farm there uh alcohol like uh, like uh, cause, uh whatever that uh, Sonny Clemens or whatever wanted some alcohol uh alcohol is a colorless liquid chemical this stuff also from memory alpha fandom dot com uh is from uh, due to its uh, emboldening effects called liquid courage. Vulcans don't drink wine and don't drink alcohol. Uh, let's see. In the 24th century, alcohol was often replaced by synthol, which had all the properties of alcohol without the del- 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 deleterious effects. Oh, Starfleet replicators could uh, produce real alcohol. Okay, so that was my main question was uh, if that guy was drinking real alcohol. He could have been, but we don't have a total definite yes or no. And then finally, the Queen Elizabeth II came up, uh, so also called the QE-2, a floating hotel retired ocean liner uh, built for the Cunard Line. It uh, was operated as a transatlantic liner and cruise ship from 1969 to 2008. Uh, since April 2018, have been a floating hotel in Dubai. Was designed to provide transatlantic service from her home port of Southampton, UK, to New York. Uh, named after the earlier ship RMS Queen Elizabeth, uh, which was she. This ship uh, served as the uh, flagship from 1969 until it was succeeded by the RMS Queen Mary II in 2004. It was designed in Cunard's uh, offices in Liverpool and Southampton. Built in Clydebank, Scotland, she was considered one of the last great transatlantic ocean liners until the Queen Mary 200 entered service. It was also the last oil-fired passenger steam- steamship to cross the Atlantic in scheduled liner service until she was retrofitted with a diesel power plant in 86 to 87. Undertook regular world cruises during 40 years of service. This is all from Wikipedia. Uh, she undertook regular world cruises during 40 years of service, uh, predominantly as a cruise ship, uh, had no running mate, never ran a year round transatlantic service, uh, did continue the tradition of regular scheduled transatlantic service crossings every year. Uh, was never a Royal mail ship, uh, Retired in uh, 20, November 27, 2008. Uh, uh, private part of Dubai world, maybe. Uh, let's see. Uh, though it took a while. Uh, let's see. In 57, uh, it was obvious transatlantic travel was becoming dominated by air travel due to low cost and speed. At that time, it was fifty fifty. And the increase in air, like, uh, they had the Boeing 707 and 58, uh, and it was becoming more and more expensive to operate some of these ships. Uh, uh, but despite revenues, they didn't want to give, Cunard did not want to give up its traditional role, uh, so it decided to uh, replace its uh, aging, aging ships with a new ocean liner, the Q3. Uh, let's see, anything else? Uh, two engine, uh, well, There's a lot more. I mean, you could link to it and check it out. Uh, Really interesting, you know, all this history and stuff. Uh, But, yeah, that's it. Uh, Welcome back uh, to the crew of the Enterprise. Good to be back with you. Good night.